Thank you, Brother George. Appreciate that. Well, I got a few things I like to read to you that says the early church wanted to know what must I do to be saved. Today's church is asking what can I do and still be saved. That's about right, huh? It says when you allow wrong people in your house, stuff come up missing like joy, peace, love, hope, faith. Yes, people steal these things. The last thing I like to read, it says, Our ways versus the Lord's ways. Our thinking, it's impossible. God's thinking, all things are possible. Our thinking, I'm too tired. God's thinking, I'll give you rest. Our thinking, nobody really loves me. God's thinking is I love you. Our thinking, I can't go on. God's thinking, my grace is sufficient. Our, think, our thinking, I can't figure things out. God's thinking is, I will direct your steps. Our thinking, I can't do it. God's thinking, you can do all things through Christ. Our thinking is, I'm not able. God's thinking is, I am able. Our thinking, it's not worth it. God's thinking, it's, it will be worth it. Our thinking, I can't forgive myself. God's thinking, I forgive you. Our thinking, I'm afraid. God's thinking, I have not given you a spirit of fear. Our thinking, I'm always worried. God's thinking, cast all your care upon me. Our thinking, I'm not smart enough. God's thinking, I give you wisdom. Our thinking is, I feel so alone. God's thinking, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That's pretty sweet, ain't it? Amen. If you have your Bibles tonight, turn to Colossians chapter 3. And we are moving right along in this chapter. And we've been talking about the resurrected life. And uh, the question has been, have you been risen with Christ tonight? So let's stand to our feet. We'll begin reading in verse 15. We, let, we stopped on verse 14 this morning. And so we'll read down to verse 23 here. We don't know how far we'll get, but we'll get as far as the Lord lets us get here this evening. It says, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body, and be you thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with the grace in your hearts to the Lord. Whatsoever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as it is fit in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Servants, obey all things, your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. Verse 23, and whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We thank you already, Father, for the songs that we're able to sing and Thank you for the prayer meeting we had at 5 o'clock. And then we thank you for the gathering of your people here tonight. And God, I appreciate the, the word of God already being read out forth in public. And, and we're asking now, Lord, you'd open our hearts and minds. And Father, as we uh, would consider ourselves to be risen with Christ, and what does that mean in our everyday life? And what does that mean in real life? And God, we pray that we help, you'll help us to see it tonight. And God, what it really means tonight in what we do and how we live. 
In Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. Tonight with believing is behaving. With believing is behaving tonight. And we find that here in the scripture tonight. We begin in verse 1 uh, as the question is, if you then be risen with Christ. And the question tonight that we posed some time ago was, my first point was the question at hand, have you been risen with Christ? We also understand if there's going to be a resurrection, there's going to have to be a death. If it's going to have to be a death, there's going to be a burial. And where there's a burial, there's a resurrection. But after the resurrection, there's an afterlife. We went through all that. We found that all to be true. We found in chapter 3 and verse 2 that this afterlife is a concealed life. We also understand in verse 4 that it's Christ's life. He said, who is our life? We also spoke of the certain life there about uh, the life when you shall appear, or he shall appear, shall appear with him in glory. And then we've talked this morning again about the quest at heart, not only the question at hand, but the quest at heart. Because of you've been risen with Christ, there's going to be within you a quest. A quest that's not going to ever cease, nor will it ever go away. And we found that in chapter 3, verse 1, the seeking of heavenly movements. A seek, ye first, seek, first, seek those things which are above. We found not only the seeking of heavenly movements, but we found this quest being setting heavenly minded. We found that in verse 2, set your affliction or affections on things above and not on things on the earth. We also understood that there's going to be a subduing of heavenly makeup. If Christ has been risen in your heart and you have been risen with Christ, your makeup will change. We've talked about this morning the body changed in verse 5. We talked about the will changed there in verses 8 and verse 9. We talked about the spirit changed in verse 10 and 11 and 12 and 13 and 14. Tonight, I want to talk about in the finishing of the subduing of the heavenly makeup, not only does your body change and your will change and your spirit change, but your soul. When you're risen with Christ, there's going to be a heart change. The soul, who you are. Tonight, if we would ask that question, who you are, they would tell us who you are, and that wouldn't describe your body, and it wouldn't describe your spirit, it will describe your soul. Your soul tonight is what's living within you. It's your soul tonight that's been converted. It's your soul tonight that will live for eternity. And tonight, the soul that you would have tonight when you're risen with Christ will be a soul tonight there in verse, verse uh, 15 uh, that would bring to us the understanding and the clarity of what I would be next. And that is tonight with the very thought of, of that soul being changed is let the peace of God rule. Let the peace of God rule. And whenever you get risen with Christ, and if you are risen with Christ tonight, and you are saved and born again and washed in the blood of the Lamb, the Bible says that your soul, you'll, you'll let the peace of God rule. That's what you'll do in your soul, in your heart. You had come to a place of being risen with Christ and say, you know, uh, I'm no longer in charge. I'm no longer in rule. He's in rule. 
and I'm going to let the peace of God rule my heart. As it says in verse 15, as he rules your heart, that word rule there, uh, it means to arbitrate. It means to arbitrate. It also means tonight to govern. And so when you're saying, or the Bible teaches, let the peace of God rule, let the peace of God govern your heart, what you're saying, the scripture saying is, is when you get risen with Christ and you have that resurrected life, that umpire, that rule means umpire, that referee that's going to be down in the soul is going to be what's going to be ruling your heart and your life. It won't be outside uh, interferences. It won't be those that are around you. It won't be the circumstances or situations you're in. The referee or the arbitrator tonight or the one that would be governing you would be the peace of God. The peace of God would completely tell you everything about all things. If you have tonight in the situation, if the peace of God is there, then you say, okay, this is what God wants. If the peace of God is within a marriage, if the peace of God is with the employment, the peace of God is in a decision of, of lands or cars, or a peace of God is in some sort of financial deal, it don't matter what world you may be living in and what situation you may be facing tonight. The ruling of your heart, if you've been risen with Christ, is the peace of God. The peace of God will give you every way, every direction, every guidance. You'll never go wrong with the peace of God. The peace of God is that referee. It is that one uh, that is an umpire within your heart. You don't have to say things like this. You know if I go down there to buy a house and, and if the uh, loan officer says that you can, you can have it at 3.9%, I'm going to take it. But if he says 4.5%, I'm not going to take it and I'm going to know that's not what God wants. You know, we kind of work out those things with God all the time. But tonight, the real umpire is the peace of God, and that is what God is saying to you within your heart. Amen. And so we find tonight in that the soul is changed, and there is not only that the peace of God rule, and when he does rule tonight, you'll find a faithfulness uh, in the church or the body of Christ. Look what it says there in verse 15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body. And tonight, as the church of God, who is in, united with one body, and you and I that have been by one spirit baptized into one body, and we've got one Lord and one spirit tonight within us, the peace of God that ruleth in us tonight, you'll find your heart in the peace of God in faithfulness, living for God. Living for the Lord, no matter the difficulty, no matter the, the suffering, uh, no matter of the trying, uh, no matter, Fred, of all that goes bad or goes wrong, the faithfulness, Fred, that you'll find in the one body with Christ, and that's the Christ body tonight that lives under the peace of God that umpires their life, those that are risen with Christ. Amen. Number two, now is there a, a faithfulness, but there is a thankfulness in verse 15 it says and be thankful thankfulness tonight where does thankfulness come from tonight it comes from the peace of God 
Thankfulness tonight comes from you being resurrected with Christ. A thankfulness comes tonight when the peace of God is in your heart and is the referee of your soul tonight. And you'll be thankful. You'll be thankful for what you have. You'll be thankful for what's going on in your life. You'll be satisfied. You'll be content. You'll be the one tonight that has appreciation of everything and anything tonight. That's the ones who have been risen with Christ tonight. You'll find that soul change. Number two, I noticed tonight as we see, it says, let the word of Christ remain. Not only the peace of God to rule, but let the word of Christ remain. Friend, the, if the Bible teaches us tonight, if you let the word of Christ, the word of God, the word of the Lord, let's just say the Bible tonight. If you allow the Bible tonight uh, to be part of the word in verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you. You'll find tonight that you'll be enriched with wisdom. If, and you'll be in a place tonight where the peace of God will rule but then the word of God will remain and you'll find yourself rich endued abundantly above and beyond what you can even think tonight or even heard before of the wisdom and the knowledge that God would give to you tonight that's those that have been risen with Christ tonight the Bible will enrich you with knowledge and with wisdom tonight Number two, the Bible tonight will encourage you. It says in verse 16, teaching and admonishing one another. We find that the Bible will encourage you, teaching and admonishing, bringing clarity, teaching tonight. If the Bible tonight is in you and dwells in you tonight, then the Bible says it will bring clarity to the teaching of God's Word. You'll be able to understand it. You'll be able to get it. You'll be able to chew it up. You'll be able to digest it. You'll be able to apply it to your life. You'll be able to say, man, I know what that means. I know that that's what I need in my life. And you'll be able to make your life the Bible. And the Bible, your life. The teaching will come out and the Bible will enrich you. But it will encourage you. To encourage you in the way of clarity. It will encourage you in the way of caution. Admonishing is a warning. And when the word of Christ is in you, you'll find that you'll have caution in you. You'll find that your life will live with caution. There will be a warning in where you go and what you say and what you do and how you do it. Those that are risen with Christ tonight, let the peace of God rule. Those that are risen with Christ tonight, let the word of Christ dwell and remain so that you can have the teaching and admonishing of the Lord tonight. And you will go in this life being warned as you go. An inner warning. An inner admonishing. And that you tonight would go forth and say, man, I see God give me some discernment. I see God give me some understanding that, that I be clear about where I go and where I do and what I buy and what I take on and what I will become part of and what I get connected with and, and the things that I give to and the things that give to me. There have been admonishing. Those are those who are just risen with Christ. And so there's a great connection tonight. If you then be risen with Christ in verse 1 all the way to down to verse 16. Not only will the Bible encourage you, the Bible will enrich you, but the Bible will engage you. 
It will engage you in singing. It will engage you tonight in praising. It will engage you in worshiping. For the Bible says, one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing the grace of your hearts to the Lord. There's that word heart again. It's working in the soul of you. It's not necessarily tonight uh, that you will pronounce this publicly. It's not necessary tonight uh, that it will be something that you can hear verbally. But I'll tell you something, it will be going on down in the heart. Amen. That the singing and praising and worshiping. Oh, that you will get with God. And God would not only exhort you tonight, but you'll begin to be enriched with the wisdom, encouraged with the teaching and admonishing tonight. Oh, but your life will be in such a, a way of engagement tonight that you'll begin to sing and praise and worship God from within. You wouldn't need tonight a church or you wouldn't need a group. Or you wouldn't need something to take place. You don't need a revival every week. A camp meeting every month. You don't need a mission conference tonight. Every week or every month tonight. Within you is your own revival. Within you is your own walk with God. Within you is the singing of hymns and psalms. And spiritual songs. Praise and worship in the Lord. That's what happens to those that are risen with Christ. The word of Christ that dwelleth in them. Amen. Oh, my, I wish my family had been risen with Christ. <laughs> I wish Stafford would be risen with Christ. I wish America tonight be risen with Christ. I wish the world tonight would be risen with Christ. Tonight, if you be risen with Christ, the quest of the heart, the body is changed. The will is changed. The spirit is changed, and the soul is changed. That's what being risen with Christ will do. My third point tonight. It's not only the question at hand and the quest at heart, but I notice that Paul moves into the quality at home. You can't separate tonight the very question at hand in verses 1 and two, and you cannot tonight separate the very quested heart, verses 5 all the way down to verse 16 tonight, and say that Paul is now about to get into the home, and it has no connection with if you've been risen with Christ. There is a great connection between if you've been risen with Christ and there in these verses here tonight. I know what you may say tonight. I wish that so and so might be here to hear this. But you know tonight you're here to hear this. I'm here to hear this. And may tonight our homes become quality. We're not interested tonight in what the world may say. We're not interested tonight in what the family may say. We're not interested tonight in, in what the friend may say. But we are interested tonight. I think you might be, and I would too tonight, that I would have a home of quality. Wouldn't you? I don't want anything less than that. Well, then how can I have a home of quality? Well, if you have a home of quality, it's because you've been risen with Christ. We find tonight... There is a Christian home. 
Are you, do you have one of them? Would have to be a quality tonight of home. Or tonight, not is there a Christian home, but is there a home with Christians? Two different things. Do you have a Christian home or do you have a home with Christians? The quality at home. Number one, if your house tonight is a Christian home or a home with Christians, or tonight you've been risen with Christ and you want a quality home, the first thing tonight that must be in your home is a home's decree. A home's decree. And in this decree, it will be verse 17. This is the decree of a home that's quality. It says, And whatsoever you do in word or deed, you do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him tonight. This is the decree for everyone living in the home and everyone that's present within the home. And the decree is this, that everything that I do, everything that we do, everything that all does, they do it for the glory of God. Everybody is the decree, and I'm going to do it for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. I will be a husband. I will be a wife. I'll be the child. I will do the work of the home. I'll do the work outside the home. I go to work for the home. I will do as God asks me to do. I won't do it for my own pleasure. I won't do it for my own glory. I won't do it for somebody else's glory. What I do in the home and the decree of the home is I'll do it for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Or I won't do it at all. Amen. That's what we need in homes tonight. Is the decree that whatever we do, word or deed, that we're going to do it for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And number two, that whatever we do in word or deed, that we're going to do it for the gratitude toward God. That whatever God given me as a wife, I'm going to give gratitude for God. Whatever God's given me for a husband, I'm going to be gratitude toward that. And whatever he gives me for children, whatever he gives me a place to live, a job to work at, a home that I've got tonight, the car to drive, the clothes, the food, all that's within a home tonight, I can look to and say, oh God, thank you. I am grateful. I am pleased. I am satisfied. And I appreciate all that you've given me and done. Even the spouse tonight and all the troubles and situations and the difficulties of all that life may bear. You can look to God and say, this is the decree of my home, God. That whatever we say or do in word or deed, we're going to give you the glory for it. And that whatever we say in word and deed, we're going to be grateful for it. That will be the decree in your life. That's a home of quality. That nobody's walking around as if they are the big shot. And nobody's walking around tonight as if they need somebody to tell them, thank you. You need a pat on the back. Boy, I tell you what, I go out and work eight, ten hours a day. I bring home the dough. I put the food on the table. I put the clothes on the back. I put the gas in the car. I'm the one who cut the grass. I'm the one who paint the, paint the buildings. I'm the one who do all that. Would somebody please tell me thank you? That's not a quality house. Quality house is I'm doing it for the thankfulness of God. For the glory of God. I don't need a pat on the back. I don't need a rose. I don't need a card. I don't need a phone call. I don't need a text. I don't need a gift. I don't need to go out for a restaurant. I don't need somebody to kiss me on the cheek. I don't know somebody to pat me on the head. <laughs> Amen. 
if everybody inside the house that would say, I've been risen with Christ, and I'm going to give glory to God, and I'm going to give Him gratefulness. That's the decree. You'll find a house of quality right off the bat, right? That's before we even get to the next verse, and many people are saying, let's get to the next verse. Now, is there the decree that's given in a quality home? But there are demands. Here are the demands of this home, the home of equality. The Lord speaks, number one, in verse 18, concerning wives. Now, if you're not a wife tonight, hopefully one day you will. Amen? So don't mark this off tonight and say, oh, I'm not a wife, so I'm not going to listen to this nonsense. No, one day you might come. All right, you say, well, I'm a wife. So, you know what, I'm just going to pay attention just a little bit. <laughs> I am a widow, and so I don't have a husband, so I'm no longer a wife technically, and so this is for somebody else. And tonight, all I'm trying to say is this, if you've been risen with Christ, this is the kind of wife you'll be. If you get married again, dear widow, if you're not married, dear single, or if you are married, dear wife. So what is it tonight? Well, here's number one, the attitude of a wife that's risen with Christ. Verse 17, the attitude is this. Is within my home, I will give God glory. That's the attitude. And in my home, I am grateful for everything that God's given me. Verse 17, that's the attitude. You see, a godly woman, a woman who's been risen with Christ, starts with attitude. If you're getting into the wife, you're getting into the marriage, you're getting into the home tonight, it's an attitude. Right? Many times you need attitude adjustments. Many times you say, well, this is the reason I got this attitude. I was not like this before I got married. If you met a guy like I got, you'd have an attitude too. I tell you, if you got children like I have tonight, you'd have a double attitude. I mean, all these reasons are why for an attitude. But the woman tonight that has been risen with Christ will have an attitude. And that attitude tonight would be, I give glory to God for where I'm at. And I'll be grateful for God for what I've got. Not complaining and not trying to get praise and glory for a clean house. For a house tonight that's well managed. God gets the glory for that. So this is tonight an attitude. Number two, not only is there an attitude and that's it, but number two, I notice her aim. The aim of a woman tonight who has been risen with Christ and she's a wife. Here's the aim of her life the bible says it very clear in verse 7 in verse in verse 18 as it is fit in the lord as it is fit in the lord that word fit there means proper and means order and the aim of a woman who's been risen with christ who is a wife her aim will be to come up to the Lord's demand. Whatever the Lord will demand, I will come up to that because it's fit in the Lord. Whatever He would demand of me as a wife, my aim, my goal, my target 
is to be right there and come up to where he wants me to be. Amen. That's what he's talking about, the proper and fit. Not only will you come up to where the Lord demands uh, uh, tonight, but you'll arrive at the Lord's demands. In other words, you will be a wife tonight that has come and accomplished and arrived at the place where God wants you to be. That's your aim. So when you get into the marriage, the marriage is not you pleasing the man. The marriage is aimed for a woman who's been risen with Christ. It's to arrive at the demand of Christ. That's the aim. Because if your goal's the man, you won't reach the goal of God. If your goal tonight is some sort of uh, mindset that you have through maybe your mother or your father, your grandma and grandpa, or maybe a friend or, or someone else tonight, friend, you'll not meet the demand of God. But when your aim is to arrive at the very demand of God, you're going to be there. Come up to the demand, to arrive to that demand. But then thirdly tonight, we find that it would be one to reach the Lord's demand. That ought to be the very heart of every wife that's been risen with Christ. It's my heart's desire. It's my aim. It's my goal. It's my life thrust in this marriage that I will be fit unto the Lord. That's what it is. And tonight, if you can get focused and you can get a fixation upon that tonight, the man won't mess you up. The children won't get you confused. Uh, all the situations and all the ordeals uh, won't get you off track tonight because your aim is only, only the Lord's demand. And many times tonight as we hear people who talk about being a wife tonight, they get all these reasons why they're not what they ought to be and what they shouldn't be. And the reason why is because they got low expectations. Because their aim is down here. When God said your aim is up there. The aim that is a wife tonight is I want to be fit in the Lord. That's what I want. That's my goal. I don't care if my husband is sorry as the day long. I don't care if one of my children, Fred, are heathens. I don't care if I live in a box. I don't care tonight if I have to ride my bicycle. I don't care if I got a shoe. The aim is fit in the Lord. Amen. And it connects with if you've been risen with Christ. And so if you're a woman that's been risen with Christ tonight, that's a wife. Your aim tonight is fit in the Lord. Your attitude, give him glory. Be grateful. And then I can say here thirdly tonight is her actions. So if that's her aim, then she's going to find some actions in her life. And verse 18 gives those actions. He says, submit yourselves unto your own husbands. Now be careful, guys. Be careful with this. Because somehow, some way, we have maneuvered with the playing of our wives in the workforce. The Bible says right there, to submit yourselves to who? To your own husbands. Why would you allow your wife to be submitted to somebody else's husband at the workplace? Pay attention to that. 
Friend, I'm telling you tonight, the only aim that she has is that she will meet that fit of the Lord tonight with her own husband. Not anybody else's. That's all. Just her own husband. And tonight, what does that mean, though, by the way of submit? What does that mean of her own husband? What means this tonight? It means to place herself under his authority. It doesn't mean that she's inferior. And it doesn't mean she doesn't have a voice. And it doesn't mean tonight that she just shut up and be quiet. And it doesn't mean tonight that she's not important in the home. And it doesn't mean tonight uh, that she is being, uh, uh, being maybe mistreated in some way because of this verse right here. But all it means is, is in order for her to be fit in the Lord and the aim is under the Lord, to be grateful and have glory unto God, then she's going to place herself under the authority of her husband. That's not the husband's desire. That's not the husband's want. That's not the husband's design. It's her design because she wants to be fit in the Lord. So she's going to submit under her husband because she wants to be fit in the Lord. Not because her husband deserves it. Not because he's worthy of it. Not because he's earned it. Not because that he's this, that, and y'all and all that and, and, uh, and what she might think she is, has nothing to do with any of that tonight. It has everything to do that she wants to be fit in the Lord. And she wants to be in the fit of the Lord in the place of proper tonight. That she's going to submit herself. That means she's going to place herself under his authority. So a husband who has a wife that's, that's been, re, has been resurrected with Christ will have no problems with her at all in his authority. <sighs> I got a bug that's trying to get on my eye. It ain't funny, Camp. The actions, her actions, is to place herself under his authority. That word, that word also means about the word submit, means to set herself under his leadership. Set herself. There's nobody tonight that's going to put you in the place of fit but you. Nobody can tell you to do it. Nobody can advise you to do it. Nobody can say, that's what you ought to do. Nobody's going to say, listen, that's what you have to do. In other words, if you've got a husband that walks in the home and says, let me tell you something right quick, baby. I'm the leadership of this home, and you're going to place yourself under me whether you like it or not. That ain't going to happen. But, friend, when she, her aim and her attitude is what we spoke of, her actions will be, I'm going to set myself under his leadership. Easy. It would just, just be like, like it is tonight, like butter and bread. Amen. And she'll just do that, and she'll put herself under that leadership. She'll place herself under that authority, and she'll like it. And she'll enjoy it. And she'll get glory out of it. And Fred, she'll be able to sleep at night, put her head on the pillow, and say, I'm right with God. Amen, hallelujah, glory to God. I'm telling you, the Lord is sweet to me. He's good to me that I'm able to place and set myself under the authority and leadership of my husband. Thank you, Lord. Now, if you've not been risen with Christ, you're going to rebel against this. If you're not risen with Christ tonight, you're going to say, I don't care about being submissive, man. That's an old word. It's a Bible word, and we're in a new day. Well, if you ever get risen with Christ, you'll say, thank you, Lord. 
I give you glory for letting me set myself under my husband. Thank you, Lord. I appreciate that. I'm satisfied with that. I'm content with that. Let him be the leader. Let him be the authority. That's what a woman who's been risen with Christ will have. Actions. I tell you another action she'll have, not only by placing and set. And I use those words on purpose tonight because it's going to be her actions to do that. But she will rank herself under the position of her husband. Rank. That word submit is a ranking word. You'll never think more highly of yourself above him. You'll always know that what's fit in the Lord is that I'll rank below him. I'll rank that way. That doesn't mean you're less important or that, you're, that you, have, you don't have any type of authority or any kind of position in the home. That doesn't mean that tonight. It just means you're fit in the Lord. That's all it means. And I'd rather be fit in the Lord tonight, proper with God, and to know tonight that I'm right with God and that I can rank myself under his position. Uh, my husband tonight has the position because God placed him in that position. Amen? It was God that said, according to the Scripture tonight, and I give it to you right here, uh, there in Corinthians, it said something like this tonight, uh, talking about the husband, 1 Corinthians 11, 3, but I would have you to know the, that the head of every man is Christ and the head of the woman is the man. And the head of Christ is God. And I will honor what God has put in order so that I can be right with God. And I will submit myself unto him. And I will rank myself, set myself, place myself under authority, leadership, and his position. I give my husband no problems in that area. I give him no fight with that. Because I've been risen with Christ. Amen, Brother Larry. That's what we need in the home. That's what we need. We, we need somebody tonight who's been risen with Christ, who is more concerned about being fit in the Lord than they are to be a wife with equal rights. We find tonight that she'll rank herself, set herself, place herself under the, under the husband tonight. Without dishonor. Without dishonor. Tonight, what does that mean, though? That means that because God has put him in that position, and he has declared him to be the leader and authority of me and our home tonight, that I will honor that by not dishonoring you. Never, never, never come to the place where you dishonor your husband. Ever. You don't do that. It's a military word. Submit. You don't dishonor him. You don't dishonor him in public. You don't make him look like a fool in public. You don't correct him in public. You don't, you don't pre create in public a chaotic mess. You don't tonight at all at home whenever you have a discussion and he says, now listen, honey, this is the way it has to be. This is the way it's going to be. And you don't just say, well, I don't like that and I'm not going to stay with you and you need to change your mind and, and you're a bully and, and you know what? You think you know everything. You think you got all this in charge. Look at you. You're a piece of mess. I mean, look, you know what? You're, you're, you're just something. You're, you're terrible. You're a sorry husband. That shouldn't be and will not be ever a woman who's been risen with Christ because she'll never dishonor him publicly or privately. 
We're fine, not without dishonor, but without disrespect. Without disrespect. Without deception. You'll not deceive him by lying. Did you go to school? Did you go to work? Did you go to work today? Did you go to store today? What did you buy today? Hey, I, I didn't get no money out, and you got money out. He says, hey, listen, we're not going to be able to afford that this week, and you go buy it anyway. That's not, that's deception. That's, that's taking the honor that, that you have placed because God's placed there. And I, I would say to you tonight, that's not being submissive at all, not fitting the Lord at all tonight, and that you would do what he asks you to do, and you do it gratefully and gladly. You know, there should not be in the home a problem with the wife. Not in a quality home. Now, there might be a problem with the pipes. There might be a problem with the facial board. There might be a problem with the children. There might be a problem tonight with family members. There might be a problem tonight with finances. But in a quality home tonight should never, never be a problem with the wife. Ever. If there's ever a time in a quality home where a husband would say, listen, I've got a lot of trouble in my life. I've got a lot of difficulty in my life. I've got a lot of stress in my life. I've got a lot of anxiety in my life. And it's her. Something's wrong with her. It should not be in a quality home. If you then be risen with Christ, the Bible says her aim is to be fit in the Lord. Her attitude is to give God glory and be grateful. Her action is a set place and rank under the leadership and authority and position of her husband without dishonor, without deception. And tonight, without the very thought of disbelief, of saying, Lord, I just don't believe this. I just don't believe that I ought to put myself under him. Tonight, that's not one who's been risen with Christ. If you are with a wife who says, I don't believe in submission, then she's not been risen with Christ without disbelief. Listen, the one who's been risen with Christ would say, yes, amen, glory to God, thank you, Lord. I'll do exactly what you want me to do. I'll be obedient to it, and I will do it gratefully, and I'll give you glory for it. That's a woman tonight who's been risen with Christ who's a wife. Thank you, Lord. Praise your name. Praise your name. I'm talking about a quality home tonight. Number two. I notice a husband risen with Christ. Verse 19, husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. I notice the motivation of a husband that's been risen with Christ is this. Verse 17, do all that you do for the glory of God. Husbands have a problem with this. The majority of husbands tonight are led by their wives. You're wrong with God. The majority of why I told I was telling the ladies today, uh, 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 talking to them, I said, "Now listen, because they're talking about how how many how many women tonight go to church without their husbands, and how many men go to church without their wives. So there's a whole lot more women going to church without their husbands than men going out with their wives. You know why? Because here's what men do: men say to their wives, they say, "Hey, honey, you want to go out to eat tonight?" And she'll say, oh, I don't feel like going out to eat tonight. Well, I really want to go out tonight. I really like to go eat at Red Lobster. Get me some of that, uh, 
that sailor's platter. Boy, they got some good biscuits right there and all that. And I really want to do that tonight. And Well, I just don't want to go and do that. Okay, fine. We'll just sit home then and don't go. Wife comes to you and says, hey, honey, would you like to go shopping with me? I'd really love for you to go. And I'd like for you to be with me when I go out here to the mall and look at that. And he says, I don't think I'm going to go. She says, oh, fine. And she goes anyway. Am I right? The guy says, hey, let's go on vacation. She says, I don't think they don't go on vacation. The wife says, hey, let's go down to NRG down there, and let's go down there and look at what's going on. It's got a bunch of uh, things, little booths and stuff, got all these little knickknacks, got all that kind of stuff. He says, I'm just not really wanting to go there. She goes anyway. The guys are so henpecked, so weak, and so anemic. That they cannot live a life without their wife. And on the wife's side, if I was a wife, I'd get sick and tired of that. Can't you do anything by yourself? Don't have to be at your hip everywhere we go. Is it always me that's got to make the decision? It's always me that's got to make the idea of what's going on. Can't you ever do that yourself and then do it anyway? I see men everywhere tonight. They are completely under the leadership of their wives. And God says tonight, husbands, <laughs> you're in leadership. If she don't want to go to church... You come on to church. But, friend, if a wife wants to come to church, her husband will usually come with her to church. But if the husband wants to go to church and the wife don't want to go to church, he won't go either. Because she'll say, honey, stay with me. And watch these Hallmark movies, you know, about Christmas. You know, it's Sunday at 6 o'clock. You know, we can have some popcorn and drink some old green tea. And we can just have a good little old time together. You know, Brother Mark I and mean, Brother Larry down there, he'll just start preaching on the same old thing anyway. It ain't going to hurt if you miss one service. He'll say, okay, honey, okay. <laughs> the wife going to church and the husband don't. And she said, I'm going to church at 6 o'clock. He said, hey, honey, won't you stay with me tonight? I'll make your, wife, your life worthwhile. And she'll say, oh, I'll see you when I get back. That's right. The motivation tonight of a husband is to do all for the glory of God, not for the wife. And to be grateful to God for what he has given you and what he do have. Number two. Not only the motivation, but the message tonight. The message tonight to the husbands is this in verse 19. Be not bitter against them. That's a message for you from God. That's the message tonight of a husband that's risen with Christ. Now, if you're not risen with Christ, then you don't have this message. But if you are risen with Christ tonight, you've got this message. Not to be bitter against them. Tonight, what he's saying is, is don't. Be the enemy of your wife. Don't be the enemy of your wife. She has plenty of enemies in her life, but not you not be one of them. Don't be tonight not only enemy of your wife, but don't be the attacker of your wife. Don't be bitter against her. Don't attack her. Don't be the enemy of the home with her. 
Don't tonight be one tonight that is the, the very breaker of your wife. Be not bitter against them. Don't break them. Amen. That's what he's saying. You better listen to this warning tonight because he says to you, don't uh, be an enemy of your wife and don't be a attacker and don't be a, a breaker of her because the word bitter means irritation or frustration. Irritation or frustration. Why? Why? Why tonight does God say to a husband not to be bitter, not to be frustrated, not to be irritated with your wife? Well, number one, because there is fear in the home when one who's the authority is bitter. There's fear. Is he going to leave me? Is he going to hit me? What's he going to say when he gets home? He's bitter against me. He's frustrated with me. He's aggravated with me. He, he has an attitude toward me. There's fear when he gets home. What's he going to say? What's he going to do? Is he not going to eat the supper? Is he going to come in the house and say, I'm going to go to my friends. I'm going to, I'm going to go and do this and, and not be home that evening because he's bitter. See, you bring fear in the heart of your wife when she knows that you have bitterness toward her and frustration and, and aggravation tonight. And that's not a home of quality when there's fear in the wife. Amen? Amen. Amen. Number two, why? Well, now is there fear in the home of those, that one who's in authority that is bitter, but there is ruin in the home of one that is in leadership who is bitter, who's frustrated. You're in leadership. Everything flows from you. The whole house is ran from your leadership. All things are looking to you. All welfare. All hope, anything tonight that has anything of good is looking to the husband, looking to the father, looking to the man. And when the wife knows that you're bitter against her, it will be ruin to the family. Ruin to the marriage. Ruin. Because, friend, the frustration and aggravation from the one who's the leader, it flows down. Because you're frustrated, next thing you know, your kids catch on to that. And now they get frustrated with mama too. No reason, just daddy is. And then next thing you know, a family member, especially on his side, I'm frustrated with her too. You don't even live in the house. Shut up. You ain't got no word. Be quiet. But see, the guy done called up and said, let me tell mama, mama and daddy. Bubba, Bubba, my brother, Bubba. Call your sister, Sissy, Sissy. Hey, I'm going to tell you what she did now. I'll tell you, I'm so frustrated. I'm so aggravated right now. I'm entertained with her. I'm so bitter toward her. And she just makes me sick. And now the family. Run. Run. So we find tonight, why does God say, be not bitter against them? Because, friend, it brings fear to those that are in authority, who's bitter. It brings a ruin 
to those that are in leadership. It brings tonight a damage or a chaos. Tonight in the home when the one who's in the high position of husband is frustrated. It brings a chaotic mess. Because when you're frustrated and aggravated, there's no normal communication. Right? You're in the high position. You're, you're the president. You're, you're the principal. Uh, you're the prime minister. Uh, you're the head dog. Um, you're the chief. And nobody can talk to you. Nobody can have just conversation. Because you're frustrated and you're irritated. You're bitter. Now the whole home is chaotic. Who's in charge now? The one who's in charge, he's sitting in his truck. He's aggravated. He's sitting in his truck, just sitting there going, on the stairwell. The one who's aggravated and the one who's frustrated is in his garage working on a piece of wood. The one who's in charge is out there fishing. I'm telling you, I'm so aggravated. Out there shooting it. Working late. They say, hey, anybody want to work? I do. I'm as hacked off as anybody can about my wife. Can I work another shift? I'm talking about eight hours. I'm not talking about two or three. I want the whole shift. I don't care if I ever go home and sleep. I'm so irritated. Chaos. The one tonight who's head. The one tonight who's in authority. The one tonight who's in leadership. And he's irritated and frustrated and bitter. The home is chaotic, ruined, and fearful. Amen. Oh, but tonight, that man who's been risen with Christ will be a man who will hear the message. Can I say here tonight that whenever that man is irritated or bitter tonight or frustrated, it brings an unsettling in the home. Everybody's nervous when daddy and hubby is frustrated because he's walking in as the chief officer. And he knows his position is higher than everybody else's, right? So every other underlings, those that are in the position tonight of below, Big Daddy walks in. And he's got an attitude because he's frustrated. The children, choo. the wife all of a sudden starts working on the dishes. Nobody wants to talk. And when daddy comes in the room, everybody gets quiet. Daddy's frustrated. Hubby, aggravated. The whole house is unsettling. It's not a peace, no more home of rest. No more home of peace. No more home of out of this world and in your home. And we can just relax. Not when daddy's irritated. Not when hubby hubby. It's frustrated. It's an unsettling. But not is it unsettling tonight. Uh, it's, a, it's a place tonight where that home becomes a place of uncomfortableness. He's uncomfortable because he's frustrated. Wife is uncomfortable because he's frustrated with her. 
the children are frustrated or uncomfortable because mom and daddy are arguing and yelling and screaming and not talking to each other. They know whenever mom sleeps on the couch. They, they know whenever uh, mom, when daddy's eating at the table by himself. They know when dad walks by and mom says nothing. You think they're dumb? You think kids don't have brains? And you don't think your kids are not affected when daddy is frustrated with mama? Friend, it's a horrible place to be. It's uncomfortable. It's unsettling tonight. And we find here thirdly tonight in that situation that it becomes a very unstableness. Everybody's unstable. You hear, this, you hear this from time to time when irritation gets to the place and anger gets involved. I want a divorce. Unsettled, right? Uncomfortable. Unsteady. When divorce is mentioned in many occasions in every fight, unsteady. I'm going to leave you. You're going to leave me. I don't care. You're the biggest mistake in all my entire life. You know, when people sitting around saying, you know what, if I could do it all over again, I'd sure make some different changes, some different decisions. And the spouse says, talking about me? Oh, no, no, I'm just talking in general. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> oh, tonight. Tonight, I pray that we'd have a quality home. The movements now of this husband, and we're close. The movements of this husband who's been raised with Christ is a husband that loves your wives. You lovingly provide for her. Lovingly provide for her. That's what it says in verse 18, or verse 19. Love your wives. And you will lovingly provide for her. She'll know that your provision for her is done with love. He, she won't say, I know that you have to go to work and you have to take care of me. And I know that, that I'm not deserving of that. And I know that I'm not worthy of that. And, and I know that you really don't want to be married to me, but you are married to me. And, and I know that, uh, uh, that, you know that these days may come to an end, but for right now, you know, you've got to provide for me. I need this. I need that. I need this. I need that. I need that. I need this need that amen that's what women need right when you get married to them that's what you get into friend you're saying listen I have some needs but you got a whole lot more needs than I got but when I ask you to marry me I ask you to marry me so that I can provide for your needs and so when she says she has some needs shut up and meet them but do it lovingly you asked her is anybody in this room your wife asked you to marry her all right so you you done it man you did it. Don't blame anybody. You did it. She said, you said, will you marry me? She said, I, I do, and you did. So now you got to lovingly provide for her, whatever the needs are. Don't complain. Don't gripe. You married her. Sorry. I got a little carried away with that one point. Not only lovingly provide for her, but lovingly Protect her. And she knows that you're protecting her because you love her. 
She knows that you're protecting her because of the love for her. And she knows tonight that, that you would get up and you'd die for her. And she knows that whatever it is tonight, that you will protect her with everyone and anyone tonight as long as she's right. Now, if she's going to do wrong and be wrong tonight, well, that's a different story. If she wants to get away from God, she don't want to live for the Lord, she wants to get into sin, and she wants to do things that are ungodly tonight, well, you're not for that. You can't protect her in those things. But as long as she wants to live for God and do what's right, and you can protect her in those things tonight, you will, lovingly. You'll lovingly tonight please her. You won't please her because you have to. You won't please her because that's what your job is. You won't please her because that's your duty. You'll please her because of loving her. You'll lovingly please her. You'll lovingly instruct her. Lovingly instruct her. You'll bring instruction to her because that's what leadership is. That's what authority is. That's what position he holds is to instruct you. But he'll do it lovingly. You'll know that whenever he instructs you, he won't do it harmfully. He won't do it rudely or he wouldn't do it like a bully. But he does it lovingly. Not only will he instruct you lovingly, but he will lovingly direct you. Direct her. Give her the directions lovingly. Be patient with her. Know her and her faults and her frailties. And be there whenever she doesn't really have it all put together. See, many times, guys, we are... Going to, we're going to work, we're paying the bills, we, we got our goals, we, we're, we're, we're doing our thing, and sometimes the wives are not just completely in the picture. Because you know what you're doing. You got it all lined out. You know how much goes here and how much goes there, you know how much you're making here, you know this, you know that, you know what's going on, and boy, and sometimes they're in the dark, Right? And then when somebody calls, when somebody does something and they find out something, they ask you a question, what about that? You get frustrated with her by asking you the question as if you're the boss. But tonight you didn't give her any direction. So she doesn't know. And so she just needs some direction. So she needs lovingly directed. Not to say to her, listen, don't worry about that. I'm taking care of that. Just do what I say. That ain't going to go very well. Not only do to loving, lovingly handle her. Don't put your hands on her in a way of harm or hurt. Don't handle her in such a way as you would your buddies or your children. Don't handle her in such a way that brings any suffering and harm upon her body or her heart. Lovingly handle her. Lovingly lead her. Lead her with love, knowing that she has a husband tonight that loves her and is going to lead her along the way. Understanding tonight that she belongs to the Lord. Understanding tonight that she was created by the Lord. Understanding tonight that she is given to you from the Lord. These are the things why you would do such things. The father loves her daughter, his daughters. Every word you say to her, make sure it's careful. Every touch that you do, make sure it's soft. And every deed you do, make sure it's kind. Tonight, that's a father or that's a husband that's been resurrected with Christ. That's a wife that's been resurrected with Christ.
that's a home tonight. We can't get into the children, but the home tonight, that's a quality at home. I would thank everybody in this room would be praying tonight and say, Lord, I want quality. Let's stand our feet, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I would think that might be the desire of your heart tonight. That's about quality for me. Not one time tonight that I said this was easy. Not one time tonight that I say this was going to be fun. But I can say to you tonight, if you've got a quality at home, it would be easier and much funner. It's sad tonight. Many men don't want to go home. And many women don't want them to come home. Because the house is in chaos. Anybody like to come pray tonight? Pray for you. Pray for others. Pray for the men of this church. Pray for the women of this church. The altars are open. We need help tonight. We need our homes to be quality. God, help us tonight. Help me. I, I need the help from the Lord tonight as well. Would you come and just pray and begin to ask God, God, make my home quality. Please, my Lord. Please, Father. Make my home quality. You sing, Brother George, and we'll just let God do work here. Just let the Lord do work. When you get through praying tonight, you just go back to your seat. Take as much time as you want. We're in no hurry. God, work on us tonight. Work on us as husbands and as wives. God, may we be people who've been risen with Christ. May our lives be so different than the last time. Different than the next door neighbor. Oh, God, help tonight. God, make our homes tonight. Quality. Quality. Please, Father. God, convince us and persuade us tonight of how we need to change and how we need to adapt tonight to your word. God, pray for the men of this church. Pray for the women of this church. Pray. I beg you tonight, pray. Pray. God, pray. This, Lord. When you get done praying, you can go to your seat tonight. We're going to continue to pray tonight. We don't want to cut anyone off. We don't want to stop anyone tonight from talking to the Father. I believe this is important. I believe tonight this is, this is vital. This is vital for our church. It's vital for your home, for your marriage. It's vital for our relationship with God. Yes, Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name.
Hallowed be thy name. Oh, God, please have mercy. Have mercy upon our homes. God, give us wisdom. God, give us what we need tonight, Lord, to make our homes quality. Please, my Father, blessed be your name. Hallowed be thy name. Worthy, worthy is your name. Blessed be your name. Oh, God, heal. God, search down deep in our hearts tonight. Help us, Lord. Yes, amen. Yes, amen. Hallowed be thy name. Yes, amen. God bless you, church. We want revival, don't we? We want revival. Wherever you want to start revival, Lord, start it. We want revival. Brother Roberts, good to see you, my brother. You dismiss us tonight. Deeper than the sea was the love you showed us when you died on Calvary. Broader than the whole world, as far as east from west, you came to show us true love, so you gave your very best, and I know your love's dimension. Is beyond my comprehension, but this is my heart's intention to serve you till I die. Oh, I know I can't repay you with the things that I may say or do, but I still want to obey you because your love is always. So true, very true. Riches that are deeper than we can ever know. Yet through your Holy Spirit, your will to us you show. But though we keep on digging in the depths of your ways, when it's all said and done, then we still will have to say that we know your love's dimension is beyond our comprehension. But this is our heart's intention to serve you till we die. 
Oh, we know we can't repay you with the things that we may say or do, but we still want to obey you because your love is always so true, very true. And I know your love's dimension is beyond my comprehension but this is my heart's intention to serve you till I die oh I know I can't repay you with the things that I may say or do but I still want to obey you because your love is always so true.